Thank you for tuning in to the AM and the AM show where you have real people with real problems looking for real solutions. Good morning. Thank you for tuning in to the AM and the AM podcast. I am your host, Alexis. I hope that everyone is having a motivational Monday, motivational Monday. Sometimes we need to be inspired, right? We need to get some words of encouragement, some words that will push us to our next best self. So a lot of times we get caught up in purpose, right? We get caught up in what is my purpose? What am I supposed to be doing in this and that and all those things that kind of swim around in our brains, right? And in our thoughts. But purpose, I believe is twofold. I believe purpose is really given to people. But then I think there's another aspect to purpose is that you have to sometimes give a thing purpose. You have to give it purpose. So a situation happens, you didn't see it coming, you give it purpose. You give it purpose. You be intentional about it. And the other thing is that you have to do things on purpose. So when we really look at the true definition of the word purpose, that means to be intentional. That means to put effort behind a thing. That means to move forward with something with intent, with intent, to push it forward, to move forward. So with that being said, that was your motivational minute with Alexis. I hope that everyone got the opportunity to listen to my last two podcasts. The first one is The Church and the Nothing. And the second one is the church. And I am talking about what is happening with the church, what is going on. There is a low vibration, I believe, that is occurring at a very high voltage. <laughs> at a very, It's a low vibration, but it's occurring at a very high voltage. And it is causing an extreme disconnect or dysfunction, if you would, in the, in the mechanics of, of church and in the design of the church in the organization of the church. And this is not every church. Like I said, in my last podcast, there were some ministries that are doing amazing things with people and helping them from a human service place, as well as a spiritual place. And so we definitely give kudos to them, but there is an aspect or a sect within the sect of the church organization that we are seeing a very high rate of, of dysfunction. I know in the church world, they would call it sin. However, it is also a great level of dysfunction and somewhere in this organism, there is something distorted. There is something that is very, I don't know if I can even find a word for it. There is something that is very, I don't want to say the, I don't want to use the word ugly, although that is the word that is coming to me, but just a disconnect. I'll leave it at that. It's just this, this great disconnect. And I know that if you've been in ministry in some form of fashion, you have either been privy to certain things or even been a part of it. You know, you probably once have played a role in doing something that wasn't good in the eyesight, in the context of what I'm talking about, good in the eyesight of God. The only difference is, is that God didn't allow it to come to the open, right? In this magnitude. So we have to be grateful and thankful for that. Because one of the things that I say and I can't remember if I said this on the last podcast, is that it's not that we haven't done some of the things that these individuals are doing. It's just that we haven't been caught 
or we didn't get caught in and it wasn't unveiled. Our behaviors did not take us to a place where it uncovered, if you would. And so in that, we have to be grateful for the mercy, grateful for the covering that that was over us or that wisdom just kicked in and said, this is not something you want to proceed with. God gave you a warning through a dream, through a word, and you decided it would be in your best conscience to remove yourself from that situation. So I still want to continue in this particular podcast about what is happening with the church and let's jump in. So I had the opportunity to listen to this one particular prophet. I'm assuming that's what he is. And I think his name is Bernard Jordan, if if I'm remembering correctly. And he's having, I saw like maybe like in 10 minute clip of him talking about what is happening. And one of the things that he said was that the, when your, when your gift of the prophetic is for profit, then you miss the whole aspect of what the gift is for as, as it relates to community. I'm paraphrasing. And I thought that that was a good point. He didn't necessarily go into details about exposing. He didn't go into details about this is the judgment of God or this is, you know, God unveiling. But he really did come from a practical place. And I thought that that was absolutely amazing It was, in my opinion, it was educational. It was spiritual education in regards to how you handle yourself as a person with this prophetic gift. And I know that some people do not believe in the prophetic and that's fine. However, for those who do, (laughs) holding the, the person who carries the gift or reminding the person who carries the gift that you, he basically was saying when you operate in this egregious way, when you operate in this place where you are quote unquote being very difficult to, to have to come in to minister, then you put a bad taste in the mouth of people about this, about this call of the prophetic, about this position of the prophetic. And so I thought that, wow, this is very practical. It is very direct and it was thought provoking in my opinion. And he went on to say that he almost feels like that he actually needs to drop the these titles. Now I'm not an aficionado when it comes to all of these titles, archbishop, bishop, prophet, or what someone should be called or how they come up with being called these titles. But nevertheless, he said that he was thinking about just dropping the titles based on what is happening right now. 
you know, and I thought that that was, and I don't know if that would be something that is temporary or just based on the current climate of the church, that was something that he felt like maybe I should do this in this space and time. And, uh, but I thought that, I thought that that was very, I thought that that was a good idea. I thought that that, wow, you know, because people get caught up in title based on things that happen. And so I am assuming that maybe one of the reasons to drop the title is to not give people, um, uh, uh, allow people to have a pre conditioned thought process when they hear prophet Bernard or Bishop Bernard. Right. So unfortunately we do correlate past situations with current people. You know, it, it causes one to be leery. It causes one to walk with a certain boundary already set up just based on experience, you know? And so I thought that Prophet Bernard Jordan, or I don't know what he wants to be called, you know, brought up some very valid points. And in addition to that, I just kind of feel like it's not only this of, of this situation that happened with, with Bynum and Moore, it also all of these other positions and whether that is a bishop, whether that is, you know, pastor title, that, that one really needs to consider the responsibility that, and and I'm talking about this from this perspective of what Mr. Bernard Jordan was talking about, uh, talking about, and that your gift is for the, the community, it is for people. And when you allow profit, P-R-O-F-I-T, to dominate the, per, the, the prophet's gift or the prophetic gift, then there is an imbalance. There is something that has been disconnected. There is something that has been disorganized because you're no longer, and I'm paraphrasing what he said, you're no longer doing it for the community. You're doing it for yourself. So maybe that is part of the issue. Maybe the individuals that we see with what we see happening with these individuals is that they have moved from a place of no longer being concerned about community or people, but only being consumed with themselves, which actually mirrors a narcissistic personality disorder because, and I'm not saying that any of these individuals are narcissistic because they would have to be diagnosed by a healthcare professional to determine that. And there are like 10 criterias based on the DSM and, and one would have to have at least seven out of the 10, I think, to be considered a narcissist. However, the behaviors and the characteristics that, that we see happening definitely mirrors one who has an narcissistic, 
who has a narcissistic personality and uh, it is the me syndrome. It is the self-centered syndrome and they are oblivious to whatever chaos they, they, they cause. It is, it is, they are oblivious to what trauma or trouble that they cause because they can only see themselves. They are, it's only in the benefit of self. That is primarily the, the dominating characteristic of a narcissistic personality. They are manipulative. They seek validation. They, they seek being the center of the, of attention in a very dysfunctional way. And so as long as the light is on them, it doesn't matter if it's dark light or, or light, light. I hope that makes sense. They are happy. They are satisfied. And if you don't believe me in the sense of dark light, Jesus actually said to the, I don't know if he was talking to the Pharisees or the Sadducees. He said, he said, your light is darkness or something to that effect. So, so there are people who really operate in these narcissistic personalities. And that's what I see from a science place. That's one of the things that I see happening in, in all of this, all of these things unfolding, all of these things that, that we see happening. And there is no longer a, a responsibility to the call is there is no longer a responsibility to the gift. There is no longer a responsibility to the people. And so it is this behavior that, that really moves and breathes this dysfunctional disorganization aspect of the human existence from this church place. And I think having Mr. Bernard Jordan talked the way that he did, it, it showed a level of, or the way he was able to articulate that reminding those who really operate in this place of the prophetic. And I would even take it a step further. If you operate in leadership and I know that it is not always easy, please, I'm telling you, but what the place that I'm speaking to, some of these individuals, we have seen repetitive behaviors that are not conducive for the building up of God's quote unquote kingdom. And these individuals keep being repeated offenders. And it just continues to create dysfunction, you know, and when you operate in this manner and you, and you do not take the initiative to say, wait a minute, let me slow down. That means that you don't have a code for self. There is no boundary for self. We all create rules in some form of fashion for ourselves. And just based on the behaviors, it's, it's a norm. It just seems very normal. And 
there is no code of, of conduct for self, especially being older. Like some of these behaviors, and I may have said this in one of the last podcasts, I really, if they were in their twenties or their, you know, I'll even give thirties for me, because I know that, that this is about maturation. This is about, you know, trial and error and, and doing these, doing these ages. And the mere fact that some of these individuals are not in their twenties and in their thirties, it speaks volume to their human growth and development. And so they are, they are operating in behaviors that are normally ascribed or practiced by someone in their twenties or their early thirties who hasn't matured. And so they run around like I'm a five-year-old, like I'm a six-year-old and not, not contemplating consequences, right? Now, again, I'm not talking about isolated situations. I'm talking about individuals who create a pattern and we've seen this pattern for years. Something is wrong. Something is wrong. You know, let me give my disclaimer. (laughs) I am not in no way an expert on the prophetic office, right? However, I personally believe in the prophetic. That's something I personally believe in. When we really look at the, some of the prophets in the Old Testament, for those who believe in this context, that one of the roles of the prophet was to bring correction. I'm going somewhere. And bring correction, not for demise, but for the children of God to operate as an healthy organism to minimize chaos, to minimize dysfunction, right? One of the things that Mr. Jordan said was, What if the vloggers and the bloggers have been raised up as prophets? This, these are his thoughts, not mine. These are his words, I should say. Raised up as prophets to actually reveal what is actually happening so that correction can come. And I thought, hmm, interesting. 
Interesting thought. Interesting thought. Because what if this is the only way that these individuals will hit the reset button? Really look at themselves and say, I need to be better as, not even as a leader, but as a man first, as a woman first. Correct character, correct the characteristics that are causing one to fall by the wayside. What if the embarrassment, right, is really designed to take a real look in the mirror. When I coach people and we're and I'm coaching them and we come up, we come into because a lot of times when when people come to me for coaching and and consulting or advice or counseling They often come for one thing, but then other things start to be unveiled, right? And so when I start to ask questions like, why do you do that? Where does that come from? What do you think calls that? When I start to ask questions that causes them to go beyond the mask and the surface, talk Alexis, it is like the the frame or the external has been cracked and this light starts to shine through. Because a lot of times what we think the issue is or what why we think we do what we do is not the real reason why we do it or it's not what the real issue is. What are you saying, Alexis? I'm saying that maybe the the unveiling, the being embarrassed is really designed to make one say to them, say to themselves, what am I doing? What happened? When did I fall off or when when did I miss the boat? Um, when, When did I start to act like this? When, when did I lose the, the love that I once had for people with my calling and my purpose and my position and my, my ability to 
do what I am doing in the context of true existence of self. When did I drop the ball? Did I get hurt and and I feel justified? That I have the right to act this way? That I have the right to be this way? What's really driving me? Why, Why did I do that thing? Maybe the embarrassment and the, and the, and the vloggers and the bloggers, maybe this is how it works to the good because it is causing you to be on autocorrect. It's causing you to correct yourself. I don't know. I don't know. I think personally, and I'm, I'm using my, my background in what I'm getting ready to say, but it can be a spiritual principle as well, in my opinion. I think the reason why we do some of the things that we do is because there's a part of us that we haven't learned to love yet. And we haven't been kind to that little boy or that little girl who was hurt, who was molested, who was disappointed, who was disregarded. And so we grow up. But that little kid, that little Six-year-old, seven-year-old, eight-year-old, nine-year-old, 10-year-old, 11-year-old, 12-year-old, 13-year-old, 14-year-old, 15-year-old, 16-year-old is still trapped. And so we compartmentalize and we create these masks to exist. But deep down inside, there is a corner of us that, that we haven't allowed to be set free. We haven't allowed to, to breathe. And so we, we begin to operate in a dysfunctional way and we're looking for the love or the satisfaction from an external benefit. And we can call it whatever we want to, we can name it whatever we want to. But some way in this dysfunction, we are trying to love ourselves. And I know this probably doesn't make sense to some of you. You know, maybe, maybe I, I run through women or men for that fact, because I, I, I'm, I'm really looking for my mom or my dad. I, I'm looking for the void that they created in me. And so because I 
don't know who I am, then I, I do these things. And I feel justified and I don't feel like I need to. Or maybe I just couldn't be honest with who I was. And so I had to pretend to be a part of this church culture. And, and I can no longer pretend anymore. I'm going to say something and I think that you have to really be a stand-up man or woman to really face your truths. A lot of times when we, we, we talk to people and we, they've sinners and they've come into God, you know, we say, well, we use the scripture, well, you have to come out from among them. Well, sometimes you got to do a coming out from among them a second time. Even coming out from among them in your thoughts, coming out from among them in, in the way that you feel about yourself, in the way that you see yourself, come out from among that stuff. And I'm really in this place of forget what people are going to think, forget what people are going to say on a lot of levels. But what do you think about yourself? What do you think about how you carry yourself? What do you think about how you see yourself? And this is what I would say to these, to these leaders in this, in this current climate of the church. What do you want? What do you want to be? What do you want to do? Because ultimately, they have to decide about what they really want for their lives and what they really want to represent and what they really want to carry on. Because maybe what was important to them 10 years ago is no longer important to them and they're just going in the cycle.
I think ultimately that is the question about what is it that we are looking for, for self, not for people, not for things, not for any of that kind of stuff. But what are we really, really looking for in order to be very intentional about what it is that we are trying to accomplish? Not for people, but for self. Because when you're right, and I'm talking about healthy in your thinking, healthy in your being, healthy, healthy in whatever your call is. For me, that's when you can be your fullest for people. And then there is no pretending. There is no faking it till you make it. Because you are authentically learning how to be yourself. And maybe the God that we talk about, the God that we, we, whose name we throw around haphazardly and carelessly, maybe he has allowed some of these things to happen and be uncovered because he's trying to reintroduce himself to us. Thank you for tuning in to the AIM and the AM podcast. I am your host, Alexis. I hope that everyone has an amazing day. Thank you to my regular listeners. I love you. And thank you to my new subscribers. Remember to share with your friends and family. And until next time, talk to you later. Thank you for tuning in to the AIM and the AM show where you have real people with real problems looking for real solutions. 